And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you're not an Athletic subscriber, please consider joining us today. Theathletic.com slash Straight from the Source will get you in for $3.99 per month. Wild off to a 10-4 and four start this season. Most road wins uh, in the Western Conference um, off to a really quality start. Um, bounced back from a loss in Vegas the other night uh, with a big uh, victory in uh, Seattle to also avenge last m- uh, month's loss there. Um, played really well and just a really, really cool storyline from that game. Rem Pitlick um, in the place where he tested positive for COVID-19 on October 27th uh, comes back into that building and gets a hat trick, a natural hat trick to boot. And not not just like little goals and stuff like every goal, a highlight real goal. Um, the first goal, uh, Ryan Hartman beats Carson Soucy to a puck. Rem Pitlick beats Marcus Johansson back to the back post. See a trend there, by the way, two former wild players and Ryan Hartman with just an incredible backhanded saucer pass, like 40 feet right onto the tape of, uh, of, uh, Rem Pitlick. Uh, Pitlick went on and on and on about how great of a pass that was by Ryan Hartman. And then Ryan Hartman makes two unbelievable plays as well to set up a couple Rem Pitlick breakaway goals. The first one, um, clobbers Jared McCann in the neutral zone, but before he clobbers him, he pokes the puck to, uh, Rem Pitlick. And it sure like looked like Rem was thinking about going off for a line change there after a long shift. And what was amazing about the goal by Rem Pitlick is that that was a long shift by Pitlick, and yet he just exploded. Like, the guy could just fly uh, with the skating and just scored a beautiful goal. And then later in the second period with 40 seconds left, Ryan Hartman again intercepts uh, a pass, steals it right off the stick of, I think it was Mark Giordano, hits um, Brandon Duhan with about a 60 to 100-foot uh, headman pass to the far blue line. And then again, he just burst of speed, flies in there and does a carbon copy move, his little uh, uh, fake to the backhand, and then just creates an open net for himself and just puts it right in there. Man, this kid has a ton of skill, a ton of speed. And now you can see why the Wild picked him up off waivers. I remember when the Wild took him off on wa- picked him up off waivers on October fifth. 
I was driving back from uh, the U.S. Uh, women's national team has their residency here up in Blaine up until the Olympics. So I went up there for a press conference and I was driving back and I had to go to Michael's Art to get something reframed that fell off a wall in my house. And I pull in the parking lot, look at my phone, and five minutes earlier, the Wild claimed him off waivers, and I was completely surprised. Somebody the day before asked me if I thought the Wild would take him off waivers, and I'm like, why? You know, Beckman's playing great. This guy's playing great. You know, Durer, all these guys. So I just figured it just was totally, you know, didn't have my radar up. And then the Wild take him off waivers, and, you know, right away, one, it solidified to me that obviously Duhame was making the team, uh, today's guest, by the way, which we'll get to in a second. Um, But... But uh, but that Beckman, Boldy, and Rossi were going to start in Iowa, and then unfortunately the next day, I believe it was, that Boldy broke his ankle. Um, but regardless, what it showed is that no matter how great of a camp Beckman, Boldy, and Rossi had, that that Billy Guerin always wanted to put these three 20-year-olds in Iowa to at least start the season. And so they grabbed the 24-year-old Rem Pitlick off waivers, a kid with a great contract, only makes he makes less than a million pending restricted free agent would only cost a while 56 grand in a waiver claim no assets back to the national predators they got him for free and you know a, a lot of people in minnesota know rem pillick a lot better than me because they've watched him for years playing in shattuck or the ushl where he was an absolute stud or the gophers i didn't see a ton of them because i get such tunnel vision with the nhl but holy moly can this kid fly um and just great hands great skill and what's really neat for me is is uh which also shows my age. I covered his dad in Florida, Lance Pillick, for two years. So this is the, I've, I've covered a lot of fathers and sons in the NHL, but never where the, the son was on the team that I was covering. And now I've covered a father and son actually um, uh, in the NHL. It's pretty crazy. It's tell, telling you I'm pretty close to uh, having a move on to greener pastures or something. I don't know. It's uh, it's a little uh, shocking to me. But this kid uh, is fun to watch. He's a great quote. He, he thinks about his answers too. Uh, just a super intelligent kid. So it's been fun getting to know Ram and getting to cover him. And it looks like he's got a heck of a chance to be a really impactful player for this wild team whether it's a bottom six role or a bottom or a top six role. Like if, if the wild had any injuries in the top six, would you be scared to put Rem Pitlick there? Would you be scared to put Rem Pitlick on the power play? Like to me, you look at him and he should be on the power play. He's got all the skill and the speed in the world. He's an offensive mind and it's pretty neat to see. Um, so far, the wild season is going really well. Their power play really let them down in Vegas. I know everybody wanted to, including myself, uh, jumped all over Matt Dumba for the turnover there at the end of the second period. Um, he needs to be have better situa- situational awareness. You know, what makes him really good is stuff the wild don't want to take away from his game. But there are times that you have to know that you can't do it. And I felt in Seattle, he was a much, much safer with the puck. You could see where he tried to hold back and didn't pinch in on 50-50 pucks and things like that. And that's an area with 10 seconds left in the second period that you just got to know that you're, you can't make it's, – it's you know, he's a high-risk, high-reward defenseman, but there's a no reward with trying to dangle with the puck at the red line with 10 seconds left in the period. What are you going to make happen? Just either dump it or give it to Brodeen where there was a clear lane. He turned the puck over, winds up being the winning goal because the Wild uh, had a short-lived rally there in the, sec- in the third period and just couldn't get it done. But let's be honest, it was their power play let that let them down that game. They had a short five-on-three, then a long five-on-three, then a long six on four. So essentially three two-man advantages in that game, and they weren't able to score one night after um, 
Zuccarello and Kaprizov score that awesome-looking uh, five-on-three goal in Arizona. So that let them down, but they come back in, in uh, Seattle, and Dean Evason really challenged his group, really reminded them that they were outworked by the Seattle Kraken on October 28th in Seattle, that they were out, uh, out-hustled, outworked, outclassed, out-everythinged, um, and wound up blowing that early lead there in Seattle, and it really, frankly, embarrassed by the expansion team. So he, I think these players took it to heart, because I think anybody that watches the Wild with um, you know clear eyes would agree that the one MO about this team is that they usually are the team on the ice that outworks the other team. They they're the one ish the two areas that have been really impressive about the Wild so far in the first fourteen games, where nine of the fourteen have been on the road and yet they're ten and four, which is pretty impressive, is they outwork teams and they've got incredible depth. And in Seattle they just they look like a tired hockey team um, and got outworked and they paid for it. So what he did is he showed clips of that game in the pre-scout. No clips of the Minnesota Wild, just clips of how Seattle worked and how Seattle scored their goals against the Wild on October 28th. And what he said is it was uh, it was uh, an example to them to show them that if they don't if they don't try to go into um, Saturday night's game and outwork the Kraken, they're going to do it again because that's the MO of a lot of expansion teams, but especially the Kraken, is that they just, they work and they work and they work. And even in the third period, we saw they don't quit. They they came and worked and the Wild had to really hold on and get some great goaltending from Cam Talbot to win that game and uh, not ruin the perfect storyline by uh, by Rem Pitlick. So, um, you know, so far so good for the season. Two-game homestand coming up here against the San Jose Sharks and Ryan Suter's return. Uh, to uh, Minnesota. Uh, Saad Youssef, our Dallas Stars writer, is actually going to be doing that big story this week for The Athletic. Um, I did the Parisi one. We're going to get a different voice on the Ryan Suter one, and he's covered Ryan a lot, and I'm working on a bunch of different projects right now that you guys are all going to, I think, love uh, coming up here in the future. I also got a meaty mailbag coming this week, so I want to get that done. As I mentioned, my guest today is Brandon Duham. Um, Brandon, I think a lot of people, if you remember, I was so convinced that he would have a great chance to make the team that really my first or second training camp story was on Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar, Dewey 1 and Dewey 2, uh, because I really wanted to introduce Wild fans to Duhame because I just knew that all training camp long, fans were going to be clamoring for Beckman, Boldy, and Rossi to make the team. And I wanted to remind them that uh, that one of those maybe two spots, and it turned out really one spot because Rem Pitlick was picked up off on waivers, um, would probably go to Duham. They gave him a one, a two, two-way, one-way contract in the offseason. That means that next year, if he was in Iowa, he'd make his NHL salary. So what that usually tells you is that the organization thinks that player is really, really close to making the NHL. And uh, so you just knew that he was going to be really high up on their depth chart to have a chance to make the team. Then he comes into training camp and the first practice, he's on the line with Nico Sturm and Nick Bukestead. He was the only, Victor Rask wasn't even on a regular line. So he was the only one of their prospect hopefuls that were vying for a roster spot that was on an NHL line to start camp. And he was on that line for three or four days and they gave some other guys some looks there, but they always got back to do him. And he scored some awesome goals in both practices and, and exhibition season. He could fly. He's physical. Um, he's got an NHL body. He pl- has an NHL mind. He just plays an NHL brand of hockey. And um, he is turning out to be a heck of a fine for this team. You know, a, a mid-round draft pick, uh, drafted in the fourth round in 2016, 24 years old, played um, his uh, three full years at Providence College. 
um, after growing up in South Florida and leaving at 14 years old for British Columbia with his dad. His dad had to leave his wife and his daughter uh, behind in South Florida. And because Brandon was so young, his dad flew with him to British Columbia for two years. They actually billeted other kids as well. His dad got odd jobs there to work. And then um, eventually when he was 16, Brandon stayed there for one year and eventually wound up playing in the BCHL and then the USHL. And what are the chances? He wound up um, a uh, line mate with Nico Sturm with the uh, Clark Cup champion Tri-City Storm in 2016 and that was the year he also committed to Providence and that was the year the Wild also drafted him so 2016 will be a dreamy year for the rest of Brandon Newham's life but you're in here today you know great kid um, you know, obviously, everybody knows that I covered the uh, Florida Panthers for forever there. So it just, you know, it really makes me it just uplifts me that so many kids from South Florida during the times that they were born when I was covering that team are now in the NHL. We saw the story that I did last week with Jacob Chikrin and uh, Brandon Duham. But, you know, Andrew Peters is in the NHL. Gostabir, um, you know, uh, Chase Prisky made his NHL debut for the Florida Panthers last week as well. It's just pretty neat that we're starting to see. Um, that all pay off. Austin Matthews coming up from Arizona. We've seen a lot of kids from California um, or Vegas in Jason Zucker's case uh, make it to the NHL. So it's just pretty neat. All these non-traditional markets and and all them making making the team. Um, you know, the other thing I think about Brandon is I know exactly where he lives um, in in South Florida. Um, it's a community right there on the border of Parkland and Coral Springs. I have a lot of friends that live in there. I've been in that community a million times. <laughs> it's right on the outskirts of Stoneman Douglas High School. That's where uh, Brandon's uh, sister, Naomi, went to high school. Um, that's where he would have gone to high school if he didn't leave for British Columbia. And I just always think of that um, because of the school shooting that happened at that school. You know, I basically grew up going to that school as well. I started off as a young, as a teenager, a high school writer for the Sun Sentinel in South Florida. That's how I got my career started. And I used to cover a bunch of um, sporting events, uh, both in Palm Beach County, Boca Raton, uh, Lantana, Lake Worth, Del Rey, West Palm. But I also went into the northern parts of Broward a lot, uh, you know, Deerfield Beach and Parkland and Carl Springs, and I covered just a ton of a ton of games at Douglas High School, Terravella High School, Carl Springs High School, and so I've been in that high school a bunch. And I just always think about uh, that school shooting all the time. And every time I drive by it, I think of it um, because I always, coincidentally, um, whenever I'm in South Florida, have on my list to stop at. I don't want to say the name of the community, but the community that Brandon Duham lives in. And it's just, I mean, you know, you you go out on the road, and there's Douglas High School you know, right, right around the corner. And so just, I always think about that and I know it affected uh, Brandon, even though he was not there at the school and was in college at the time. Um, you know, that I know that the family knew a lot of the families that were affected by the shooting and things like that. So Brandon is a fascinating kid as you're about to find out. I think we'll be writing a lot about him over the years here because he, they wild finally, as I've long petitioned, have uh, d- drafted and developed a bottom six forward. And I'm not pigeonholing him there. He could play in the top six eventually. I think he's got the sky's the limit for his ability and what he could do in his career. But how many times have I, you know, ripped on the wild for not allocating their money in proper ways? They go out and they always sign these guys to three and four year deals at three or four million 
to put in bottom six roles when to me that's what Iowa should be for is giving those guys a chance and um, and I think Brandon Duham is going to be a great inspiration to a lot of those guys in Iowa that think well I'm not a top prospect so how am I ever going to get to the show um, you know like you do you think that Connor Durer now a uh, good friend of Brandon Duham doesn't look at Brandon is now the guy like wow I could do this too and I just think it's really really cool so um, without further ado let's get to Brandon Duham but here's a word from some of our sponsors Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I've already humiliated myself to start this podcast. I didn't hit record. So we're about five minutes in and I'm like, Brandon, you're going to kill me. I got to start this up. So Brandon's already seen why I'm a sports writer and not a multimedia superstar. Uh, so again, welcome to Brandon Duham. Um, my fellow Floridian, although I'm technically born in New York and I uh, only claim Florida when it's convenient for me. And this week it is convenient for me because we are going down there on Friday. Um, you have two games before that, Brandon. I can't believe we're doing this again. Uh, but uh, your parents uh, have reserved an entire section for your first ever game in Florida. How special will that be? Yeah, that'll be really special. You know, it'll be awesome for for friends and family. Um, I think it's a, it's a really big deal for them. And, um, you know, being from South Florida and, you know, how it's not the biggest hockey community. And, um, you know, it was, just, it was just really awesome. They made a lot of sacrifices for me throughout my career. And um, it'll be a really special night. And you have a couple home games coming up before then, and then you get to play in a building where you, where you said you played a, about a minute and a half in the intermissions, um, you know, one day when you were like five years old. Um, you grew up a stone's throw from Incredible Ice where the Panthers, I, I forget what they even call it now, but, uh, that, but that's their practice facility. Uh, yeah, Panthers Ice Den, right. Uh, Jeff Campbell, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Campbell, I think, still runs it or used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so that had to be cool. You live in a community that had a ton of Panthers players, still probably do, that live there. Um, I won't say the, na the name of the community, but I mean, it had to be pretty neat. Every day you're waking up and there's Olioka, there's Roberto Longo, there's Thomas, Thomas Vokun, whoever. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, when I was little, I'd, I'd skate, rollerblade, whatever, sticking around the neighborhood, and then sometimes I'd I'd see you know hockey sticks in the trash can outside, and um, that's kind of how I knew if there was hockey players living there or not. So uh, yeah, there was a few that kind of came in and out throughout uh, throughout you know when I was living there, and um, you know it was pretty cool to be able to play street hockey with their kids, or yeah. um, you know being from South Florida, it's pretty rare to find a street hockey game, but there was always one going 
going on in my neighborhood. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it reminds me when I was a kid growing up on Long Island, we lived in a community or I went to school in a community that was right next to where all the Islanders used to come home and we'd sneak out and see like Brian Trottier come back and Denny Potvin and Clark Gillies and, and all those guys. And I, I imagine it's the same thing for you. Um, it, it has to be pretty neat uh, that you have so many of your fellow Floridians now in the league. We, you played against your buddy Jacob Chickering the other day. We've seen Prisky. It's Jace Prisky, right? Played for uh, yeah, uh, the Panthers, made his NHL debut last week. Andrew Peters, who's on your team, you played against the Ghost the other day, Gostaber. I mean, that, that's I mean, it just shows you Austin Matthews from Arizona, Jason Zucker, born in California, grew up in Vegas. We're starting to see these non-traditional uh, hockey markets that have produced these players that are playing in the NHL now. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think a big part of it is you know the weather that Florida gets is you know guys go down there for a little bit and they they love it so then they end up retiring down there and you know they have kids and then now their South Florida is becoming coming a hockey bed of um, you know players and I think it's only growing. Um, your dad Trevor and your mom Martine they grew up in in Canada and Quebec, right? Um, and th- but your dad played professionally but never in Florida. So how did you guys wind up settling in Dallas, down in South Florida? My mom ended up opening up a small business down there and then um, it kind of fell through in the first year, but they ended up loving uh, loving the lifestyle, loving the, the area. So they ended up staying and um, they found work down there. So they've been there ever since. Now, the Panthers, uh, they haven't won a playoff round since you've been alive. Um, the Heat have won championships. The Marlins have won championships. The Dolphins, well, they've, they're the Dolphins. Um, how did hockey become your thing? I know that your dad played, but why did you fall in love with that and not some of the other traditional South Florida sports. Yeah, growing up, um, that that was kind of the only way my parents got me to sit still was bringing me to my dad's men's league games. And, um, you know, I was two years old and I'd, I'd be sitting there watching him play. And then the last like five minutes of the skate, they bring me out, put me on a pair of skates. And, you know, I'd skate around for that last five minutes and uh, and fell in love instantly. I grew up playing a little bit of lacrosse in, uh, in middle school too. Um, that was fun. I liked that a lot. But, you know, it came time where I had to kind of balance out the... The, the two and um, I went with hockey so it was uh, it was an easy choice for me I, that was my passion from a young age so the other thing that I think is really cool is Jeff Chickering somebody I've gotten to, used to knowing and, and all over the years played professionally he's playing in this senior men's league uh, as well and sees this guy in a yellow helmet says wow he's really good in a time in Florida where there wasn't a lot of great players and it turns out a couple of years later that coach that he winds up co-coaching with yeah. is Trevor Duham, and he starts coaching uh, you, Peters, and uh, and little Jacob. Yeah, that I mean, that picture is iconic. I mean, yeah. the, the South Florida minor, or like a Adam team or whatever it was. You know, we were four or five years old, and to have three of us make it, you know, out of. Uh, out of that, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and Andrew has turned into a regular for the Blue Jackets, yeah. too. And he is actually somebody that you're really, really close yeah, with, right? Yeah, yeah, So he's my best friend from back home. He uh, He's awesome. You know, we, we've been training together for the past four or five summers. And, uh, and you know, he's he's a guy that's committed to, to getting better every summer. And, you know, I think we... Uh, I think we rub off on each other pretty good there and, you know, help you help each other uh, improve over the summers. Where do you train there pretty much? It's obviously you skate at incredible ice, but you, but you work out uh, with an, uh, with a trainer. T- yeah. Both yeah. Yeah. So it's called Barnabas methods. It's in, uh, it's in Deerfield beach and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it opened up probably three years ago. It's giant facility. Um, and you know, they do an awesome job of, you know, working us out and they'll do some on ice stuff too. And then my on ice trainer, Anthony Pedicaro, he, I've been with him for the past probably six or seven years too. Mm-hmm. Ever since I started playing junior, he uh, 
he moved down to Florida. And then once he did, you know, we, we've been together every summer since. So you start in the Junior Panthers programs. You guys do really well down there. And eventually you start going to Astero, Florida, which is across Alligator Alley, south on on the Sawgrass Highway. It's a 140-mile it's drive. You're doing this every weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd leave... It was either Friday night or Saturday morning or whatever it was. We'd have two practices on Saturday of two hours each and then um, one practice on Sunday, two hours, and then we'd, we'd drive home after that. But, um, yeah, that Junior Panthers team, was it was a situation where we had five or six good players and then we'd go up north, not do too well. And then um, there was a team in Tampa that had five or six good players and then, you know, we kind of met in the middle and Mm-hmm. Um, they drove down an hour and a half. We drive over an hour and a half, and then we ended up having a pretty good team there. Yeah, the Junior Everblades Panthers used to play exhibition games there in Estero, mm-hmm. there at the arena. There, really nice arena yeah. all the time. And mm-hmm. and Jacob was telling me that uh, you guys used to really create some havoc at the Embassy Suites. There. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every trip, you know, that was that was probably what we looked forward to the most. Yeah. Was you know we get through practice and then we'd have the real game at night of yeah. mini sticks in the hotel. So it was uh, it was pretty fun. One thing I'll have to get my hands on one of these days, uh, maybe next Jake. Jacob Chickering and Brandon Duham features. Jacob said that there's there was a team mom that kept has all these videos of all you guys. I'm sure, as, yeah. as Somebody's kids probably and, got them stuffed yeah, away there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And your mom basically ran the team, right? She was almost like the manager. Yeah, essentially. There was a there was a couple moms that would help out with that, but uh she for the most part was was taking care of the paperwork yeah. and all the stuff like that. So So um now let's fast forward. You're 14, Jacob is 13. And now you start to realize, like, I really want to do this. Uh, this is something I'm good at. I, but to do it, I probably have to leave South Florida. What was that first conversation like with your parents? And how hard of a decision was as a 14-year-old, probably about to go to Douglas High School right there yeah. in your backyard? Yeah. Um, what was it like to say, you know what, I need to find somewhere else to go? Um, it was. I mean, for me, it was easy. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, the kind of sacrifices that everyone else had to make. It was more you know, oh, you want to go play, you want to go play more hockey? And I was, of course I would. Um, but, you know, looking back at it now, there was, there was so many moving parts to it where, you know, my dad had to move with me, leave the family behind. And um, my mom obviously had to let us go, let her, you know, 14 yeah. year old kid leave for, for the, basically the whole year and come back for summer. So that was really, uh, looking back at it now, that was a giant sacrifices or just a giant sacrifice. But when I was, you know, that age, I wasn't really thinking too much into it. So yeah um, it was awesome and you go up to how do you find pursuit of excellence in uh, bc as opposed to so many other prep schools in the northeast like uh, south kent yeah, and yeah. some of those type of places yeah i wasn't really interested in the traditional prep school where um you know we had toured a couple schools whenever we'd have tournaments up there we'd go to a bunch of prep schools and and take a look and um the coaching staff at the time was kind of pushing prep schools on us mm-hmm. um and i wasn't really a big fan of how they had you know like the four-month season um, you know, NMH was one of the schools we toured and they, they had an outdoor rink. Mm-hmm. So the ice was only available for, for three or four months or whatever it was. So, um, I wasn't interested in that. And when I told my parents, I didn't want to go to a prep school, they kind of did, um, a little more research. And then someone recommended pursuit of excellence to us to, uh, um, to go take a look. So we went up there for a week, um, and kind of did the day in the life type mm-hmm. deal. Um, and after that, you know, I kind of fell in love with it. It was, you know, you wake up early, you'd have a two hour ice session two or an hour workout, hour skill session. Um, and then whether we had video that day, it, it all depended. But um, we'd, we'd go to school for, for three, two and a half hours. So I, I kind of fell in love with that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. And you, so, as you said, your dad goes with you. He doesn't have a job. He's 
doesn't have a place. And next thing you know, he's getting odd jobs and he winds up building kids on your team. Like how'd that all happen? It, I mean, it was crazy. Looking back at it, like I said, you know, we, we, we flew into Seattle the first day or the, the first time we flew up there. Um, we bought a minivan right on the spot. We went to this, you know, crappy dealership right nearby, bought a minivan, um, drove up to Kelowna, no place, nothing. Um, kind of did some research, found a place. And then, you know, there's a couple extra rooms. So we took on two kids, um, one from Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. Wow. And uh, uh, I think it was Edmonton, Alberta. Or Ed yeah, it was in Edmonton um, was the other Billy kid. So we were kind of all areas of the map, which was yeah. uh, pretty much a, a, a culture shock for for everyone. I was moving to British Columbia and the kid from Yellowknife was moving down to British Columbia. Like it was... We were from all edges of the map. It was and your awesome. dad did like construction jobs and bartending and yeah, things like that? Yeah, yeah, no, he did a uh, restoration. Okay. He was into restoration for uh, for that, for two years. And then when he moved back, he, he came back to his regular job. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm sure your mom and sister are excited to see him back. And then yeah. you stayed there another year, wind up playing briefly in the BCHL. Then yep. you go the, the North American junior route, played in the USHL, started with Chicago Steel, eventually traded Tri-City, went a Clark Cup with Nico Sturm. Yep. Uh, recruited and committed to Providence uh, and drafted by the Wild. So 2016 has got to be probably the year of Brandon Duham. Yeah, that was uh, that was an awesome year. Um, <laughs> from my BCHL year when I was 17, I had you know a pretty solid year. It wasn't anything crazy. Didn't put up any crazy numbers. Um, so it was a little bit of a risk to go to the USHL when when I was drafted there. I kind of told the teams, oh, I'm thinking about going back to to the BCHL. You know, I feel comfortable there. Um, and my mom was actually, the, my mom and dad were the ones that kind of pushed me and say, you know, the USHL is the, the, the better league, the better route. Um, my agent was also, uh, you know, influencing me to go to the USHL. Mm -hmm. So I went out to the camp and ended up having a really good camp. And, you know, they told me I'd be on the team. So um, I took the risk to, to go to the USHL and, um, you know, it kind of worked out from there where I had a, I had a pretty good line, pretty good season in, in Chicago. And then when the trade deadline came, Chicago was out. So mm -hmm. they kind of asked me cause I was in high school. They asked me if I, if I was willing to get traded and, uh, you know, go the playoff route. And again, I kind of, I was a little hesitant, you know, I felt comfortable in Chicago, liked it there, but, um, again, my, you know, my, my support system was, you know, they were saying it, it is a good idea for you to go, um, yeah. you know, get a little, get more games, get, get more exposure type deal and, um, really grow your game, a playoff game. So, um, you know, took the risk, went to Tri-City and, you know, it panned out. Yeah. When, when you're in that position, I mean, look, I, I'm sure from the moment you started to get on skates, you're like, I want to play in the NHL. When you go to pursuit of excellence, you're, I want to play in the NHL juniors nhl providence nhl even iowa nhl how how far off is, like how proud are you that that dream became a reality a kid from south florida but even a minor leaguer in iowa we've seen hundreds over the years that never get to this point yet you did um it's got to be pretty prideful yeah for sure you know I'm, I'm definitely proud of it but um you know i don't like i i've, I've said it before i don't want to kind of sit here and get fat and happy mm -hmm. say oh i made it i made it for now you know i want to be I want to be in this league for a long time and I want to, you know, try to make an impact and, and help this hockey team win. So, um, that, you know, that's what drives me every day is, is, you know, trying to help this team. Right. Have you been to pizza time in Carl Springs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know who owns that, right? It's Luongo. Right? Yeah. Luongo's, yeah. well, at least it used to be Luongo's before his, his girlfriend. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah it used yeah, to be yeah. his girlfriend's dad. Now yeah. it's his father-in-law. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we used to cover training camp at Incredible Ice and then we go over there 
and never got a bill. Like the the yeah. father never gave us mm-hmm. a bill. I forgot what is his name. I forget his last his first name. Well, but uh, sure. just a great great guy, great great place. Yeah. So if you're in South Florida on this wild trip, uh, con- got to check out Pizza Time. Do you uh, any if like a wild fan is going to South Florida, which I'm sure there are gonna be plenty. Do you have any restaurants or anything must dos that they got to do, whether it's in Carl Springs, Fort Lauderdale, whatever? Um, there's a couple spots that I. I'm a regular at. Um, it's called Moon Tie in Coral Springs. It's um, probably 15, 20 minutes from the arena. Um, it's a good little sushi spot that I like going to. Um, other than that, it's a lot of chains down there. Yeah, it's yeah. not a lot of family-owned stuff. So yeah. whenever a family-owned spot comes out, yeah. I, I try to to visit those and you know kind of test everything out. Yeah, I'm going to a place called Anthony's 84 on a f- Friday night. It's right on State Road 84 by the arena. Oh, by the, excuse right me, by the airport. It's unbelievable okay. Italian food. Anthony Coal Coal Fire Pizza is it called? Uh, no, Anthony's no. 84. It's okay. called. It's basically like the they have these booths that look like cockpits. Essentially, yeah, yeah, it's okay. pretty. It's pretty neat. I hear that uh, your mom is really good at uh, jumping on jet skis. Oh God, is, she, is that what she's telling you? <laughs> I can't reveal my sources, yeah, but I've I'm heard sure this. Yeah, it's, uh, those are a lot of fun. You know, my family <laughs> bought those bought those jet skis last year, and um, they also got a house in the Keys. To you know, they've been renting it out uh-huh. and stuff, and um, they're using it as like a real estate option. But we'll we'll get to go there every couple weekends and um, in the summertime. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun, and she's probably telling you lies. But yeah, yeah. I take it she's yeah. not very good at jumping no, on no, large. No, <laughs> jet skis yeah. um just uh, uh lastly uh brandon if you don't mind i'll throw you some questions from uh, wild fans uh daniel asks uh what hockey city are you looking forward to playing that you haven't been to yet uh yeah the coral springs for sure yeah, yeah. so florida any yeah. others besides that that you're like uh you know madison square garden yeah, or something like that montreal cool. that's probably my other one yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be awesome um Let's see. Um, what here's a great one from Daniel too. What NHL perks are you most enjoying compared to the AHL? Uh, probably the food. <laughs> yeah, the the chefs and and all that, and you know, sitting on the plane having a steak. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. first class charter is probably better than yeah. the bus in yeah, Iowa, yeah, right? For sure. Um, for sure. That that has to be the hardest part. I mean, even I, I sometimes think of these assistant coaches like Alex Tangay on the bus. Yeah, after we used being to give him a hard a, time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder he's like uh, now an assistant coach in Detroit. He's like, I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made a lot of money in his career and he was, you know, he was sitting on the bus with us. So that was, uh, we'd always give him a hard time. But um, I actually, I, I kind of liked the bus. We had the bunks there and, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of all lay back and um, it ended up being a pretty good time. Uh, Kim asks, um, uh, w- after playing in the NHL now for 14 games, uh, what is one area of the game that you most want to improve? Uh, consistency, I think. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing for me to accept is you're not going to have your best game every game. Um, and your bad games still have to be good. And, um, that's, that's the hardest thing for me mentally is, is sitting there and after a game and saying, Oh, that wasn't my best game. That wasn't my best game. And, um, you know, it's something that I, I want to improve and, um, consistency, but consistency is probably the biggest thing. How hard, like how much do you think those not best games is due to ice time? Like I cannot be hard to just sit there on sometimes on the bench, getting limited ice time. And then all of a sudden do you're up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't really want to make excuses, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, getting in the flow of the game is, is definitely important. And, uh, and even, you know, if you're not getting those shifts, you have to stay ready on the bench and, um, I think a big thing is that is, you know, maybe staying vocal and, you know, being kind of keeping that emotion on the bench for, 
you know, staying warm or whatever it is and, and trying to be the best teammate that you possibly be. Um, how Ben asked, how much are you looking forward to matching your skating ability against guys like McDavid and McKinnon? Um, you know, let me ask it this way. I mean, you, you've, you've, you know, skating is your forte. Um, how did that develop? Um, I think the, those, you know, it's a big credit to the off seasons and, you know, pursuit of excellence. Actually, the, the, uh, the, uh, hockey program I went to in British Columbia, um, the biggest thing was skating and, you know, we do every, I think we do two hours of power skating every week, which was, um, that was big and, you know, getting the fundamentals down at a young age like that is, is really important. And then the strength training along with it was, uh, was also really important. And I think that carried on into my, uh, in my summers and, that mentality of, you know, working on skating and, and working on that explosive part of it was, uh, was a big, was a big part. A couple more minutes with Brandon Duhame. I've already gone over uh, the 20 minutes. I promised him a lot of it's due to technical difficulties. One, I forgot to turn on record <laughs> and the other, we had an alarm go off in the middle of the uh, podcast as well. Connor asked, um, what is one area that you think you could provide the most value, uh, to this team? I mean, the one thing is fair is that you don't want to be relegated to forever being a, a fourth line guy. I'm sure that you want to slowly but surely bite off more and more responsibility. We've seen it with Ryan Hartman this year. It took him five, six, seven years in the mm -hmm. league, fourth liner, third liner. Now he's leading the team in scoring. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to move up the ladder and I think every, you know, any competitor would, but, uh, you know, wherever the team needs me at, at that point in time is, is the role that I'm, I'm absolutely willing to play, whether that's, you know, on the fourth line, eight, eight to 12 minutes a night, I'm going to do my best to, to chip in, in that aspect. Or if it's, you know, a, a top six role, that would be, you know, you know, you'd have to bring it every night. And, um, as long as this team's winning and, and, you know, I'm trying to help out, I think, uh, I think that's really important. And Maverick, that answers your question as well. Uh, Bryce says, who did you idolize uh, most growing up and what current player do you look forward to playing? Um, I, I loved watching the superstars when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids do. And, um, you know, when you're young, you like watching the superstars saying, I'm going to be like him. But, you know, you grow older and then you, you kind of see players that you want to emulate. Um, I don't think there's anyone in particular. I think I, I like taking bits and parts from a lot mm -hmm. of people's games, whether it's their their skating or whether it's their their skill set you know yeah. i think uh i think taking taking little things from everyone is uh is important uh who's your favorite panther player growing up uh Ole Oaken. Yeah, yeah yeah he was my guy he's a guy that i mean he went from almost being out of the league to suddenly overnight becoming a 30 goal scorer down yeah. there and the year they had the austria game and he was a stud yeah. in the austria game i was really mm -hmm. close with him yeah i think barkov just broke his records right? yep yeah, yep exactly yeah. yeah um hopefully that franchise the way that they're playing right now will be sort of the next big thing mm -hmm. here uh i think it's be awesome for that that market um you, i mentioned that you kind of that you, i know your sister went to, to douglas high school and you were in college when the when the shooting yeah. happened how 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 did it affect you did you know any of the families that were i know your family did uh some of the families affected but how did that when you drive by it every day and see that school it, i mean just just a senseless tragedy it was it was really tough i remember where i was when you know i kind of found out the news and um i knew i, I didn't know anyone that was in the school really personally i, I mean i knew my neighbor um you know just kind of younger kids that that have uh that were in that school and you know i kind of worried for them and um, I later found out that my neighbor was actually in the building at the time. So that was, you know, he was pretty traumatized from that and ended yeah. up moving and, and plays a hockey player too. So, you know, we had that relationship too. And, um, it was just, you know, it was real sad and, um, I'd love to, 
to kind of support that uh that community as best i can and you know try to help out yeah um brandon uh, somebody has a funny question a uh, beard guy asks uh do you have a best florida man experience <laughs> you know <laughs> you know yeah, the whole florida yeah, man. yeah you type it in on google or whatever <laughs> um uh, I don't know any at the top of my head, but I, you know, it's one click away on the internet. You yeah, can yeah. find a yeah. hundred funny stories yeah. of Florida, man. So yeah. Well, last question, Tony, I saw your favorite teammate of your career. Favorite teammate. Um, I, I mean, I like them all, but I, I can't, I can't pin one. I don't think, um, yeah. maybe, maybe some of my, but you know, some of the buddies that I grew up with, you know, a guy like Jake or, you know, a guy that we, uh, we grew up playing together real young yeah. and, and grew up together and kind of went through the systems too. So, um, you know, someone like that. You did have some shifts against Jacob the other night. Uh, what w did you guys have any funny moments or, or conversations on the ice? I, or? I, I don't think anything like that. I think yeah. he was pretty logged in and so was I. So, yeah. um, I might've finished a check on him at some point. Maybe it took it a little easier, but <laughs> Or maybe a little harder. Who knows? Um, do, do you, uh, while Florida, I mean, did you gr grow up playing with for guys like Jokinen or Peter Worrell or any of those uh, have any experiences with their, their, I know that Peter coaches down there and yeah. Oli and Vokun and Dvorak had that yeah. one camp and they were yeah. a team. I, I mean, I, I've done Oli Jokinen's camp yeah. back in the day. Um, he, you know, he kind of said, come out, come out yep. to skate. And um, th that was uh, four or five years ago. And I haven't really haven't really seen him since yeah. around the rink but um pete Worrell, he he was running hockey camps this summer so i uh i went out there and i kind of did the instructor thing for him yeah um so i talked to him all summer so that was uh that was pretty cool that's awesome peter's a great guy yeah, hilarious guy. guy too uh giant. That, yeah giant. you wouldn't understand how big he is until you see him uh, brand i'm telling you like yeah. like i covered a couple tough tough guys in mm -hmm. florida paul laws and peter Worrell, the two toughest i've yeah. ever covered in this yeah, league yeah. Derek bugard as well but mm -hmm. peter Worrell made people scared on the ice yeah. he he and there was nothing better when he scored a goal yeah because he didn't if he scored a goal he didn't even celebrate and you'd go to him after the game like why he goes yeah you have to act like you did it before yeah. you know like it was just <laughs> That's awesome. just a great great guy yeah. hey brandon really appreciate it also appreciate uh you not uh rolling your eyes and getting all no. angry at least outwardly when i said to you four minutes and you're not gonna believe this i didn't hit record all good so uh it was it lit up like it was on yeah, but it definitely wasn't on uh brandon thanks a lot uh good luck tonight uh, tomorrow night against the uh, san jose sharks and your first game on saturday night at your old stomping ground in south florida and here's a word from one of our sponsors as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
Well, my thanks to Brandon Duhame for joining me today on Straight from the Source. Just a great, great kid, and it's been fun to watch him his first month, month and a half in the NHL season. Long career ahead of him. Lots of podcasts uh, throughout our network here at The Athletic. Justin Falk, the great Minnesotan, not the former Wild defenseman. This is the St. Louis Blues defenseman. He joins Sean Gentile and guest co-host Jeremy Rutherford, our Athletic St. Louis beat writer, this week on the Athletic Hockey Show USA. And Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports and Jesse Granger and Sarah Sivian have the Athletic Hockey Show Wednesday at The Athletic. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. You can start with a 30-day free trial, then GS to 99 cents a month after that less than a dollar how about that and right now get an annual subscription to the athletic for just three dollars and 99 cents a month when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source talk to you next week everybody Mm -hmm.